This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein, and this is AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1F. Sorry, <laughs> too busy here trying to get distracted here, trying to get Ethan Cadeau on the line. You're listening to AWOD Radio on DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan. Man, doing too much this week. Of course, I'm on in Richmond Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m., and you can hear me on the Odyssey app, 910 The Fan. Uh, Caitlin, I just texted you Ethan's number. He said he's, uh, he's ready to go, so let's try to get him on in a second here talking Washington Commanders as they face off against the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. So much to talk about this week with all the storylines. But the one I want to focus in with Ethan on is Kirk Cousins. How should we feel about Kirk coming back to town here? I had a caller earlier today that's rooting for Kirk to destroy Washington. He wants Kirk to throw for five, six, seven touchdown passes. Whereas I want Kirk to completely fail. You could chime in on the phone lines, 1-800-636-1067. How did you feel when Kirk Cousins left Washington for Minnesota. And what would have happened if Kirk had stayed here? I don't know that this team would have been that much successful if Kirk had stayed here. We had issues all over the field. We had issues in def- on the defensive side of things. And when Kirk was here, we had Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson. And then those guys left. And so we weren't able to be successful even if he was here. It's going to be... A big matchup this weekend, and I think it's one where the defensive line will come to play. Deron Allen, excuse me, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, I'm looking for those guys to eat this weekend. You know, when Jonathan Allen plays well, when he plays well, he is so disruptive on the rushing attack and the passing game. Because not only does he get into the backfield quickly, but he stays so low to the ground that it's almost like they don't see him coming. I mean, I've been calling him a grizzly bear all week. Part of that's because he told the junks how much he used to eat, and it's unbelievable. You know, two burritos, double stuffed every single day. (laughs) But part of that's just watching him play. He really does stay so low to the ground, and he'll just eat up running backs in the backfield, and he'll force a quarterback to get off his spot. And when he said that on the junks this week, Jonathan Allen joins the junks, every Tuesday at 8 a.m. during the week, all right? And he told them, the number one thing that I'm focused on is getting the quarterback off the spot because what that does is it messes up the timing. And when he said that, I realized how important that is for these quick throws, especially against a guy like Kirk Cousins. If you can get him off of his spot and force him to throw on the run, which we know he's not the strongest at, and force him to kind of reset his stance either outside of the pocket or by moving you know, to the left or to the right, you're changing the timing with his receivers, with Justin Jefferson, with Adam Thielen, with his new uh, tight end, TJ Hawkinson. That is going to be the most important thing. 
if this defensive line can get into the backfield and, and force Kirk off of his spot, we can limit the amount of points that they score. And they score a ton. This offense has the firepower. And Kirk is so good when he has a running back that sets him up with second and twos. I, I really think Kirk Cousins, when he has a second and two, is a dangerous quarterback. Like, one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, when he has a third and ten, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. He is a situational quarterback. He just is. 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Uh, Caitlin, I, I, I can't... Uh, I can't see your text right now while I'm trying to go through the show here, but you can just uh, either tell me on the air or we'll try to get Ethan next segment. Uh, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan. What do you think of Washington's chances against the Minnesota Vikings this weekend? So I've, talk, I've talked to Kirk. I've, I've talked about Kirk and what he can do, all right? What can Kirk Cousins bring to the table? It's definitely his ability to... Connect with open receivers. He has accuracy. But if I think if you move him off his spot, you get rid of that. Then for the offensive side of the ball, we have to run it. Now, Taylor Heineke's been good, but we also have not had him throw the ball more than 32 times in the last two games. That is so key. All right? This is all complimentary football. I really think if we had played complimentary football, you might have had still have Carson Wentz as the quarterback of this team. But the defense was terrible. And then when the off- and when then when the defense was good, the offense was terrible. And then there were special team mistakes. And Joey Sly was missing field goals two weeks in a row. Last week it felt like for the first time we had it going on offense and defense and special teams. Full complimentary football. That's why we defeated the Indianapolis Colts. It was an ugly game. Really, we probably shouldn't have won. 17-16, and it was the first time in the last seventy six games that Washington, after being after trailing by two scores with under five minutes left in the fourth quarter, came back and won a game. The last time before that was that Monday Night Miracle in 2005 when Mark Brunel threw it up once and twice, and both times Santana Moss came down with it into the back of the end zone and led Washington back uh, to, I believe, a 14-13 win over the Dallas Cowboys. That's the kind of momentum that this team has right now. Can they put it together on Sunday when the Minnesota Vikings come to town? So offensively, we only scored 17 points against the Colts. Our average this season, I believe, is 18.8. I think we need to score 24 points at least to win this game. At least 24 points. Does Taylor Heineke have that in him? He can't have any mistakes. You're going to have to get a couple field goals. I think I feel good about Washington winning this game if the defense can set Taylor Heineke up with short field position or the special teams, like that's how we defeated the Chicago Bears. If Heineke gets the ball back and he's already in the red zone and then he just gives it to Brian Robinson Jr. and you get six points and you get an extra point and all of a sudden you have a lead, that's when you give your team an actual chance to win. If this is just a shootout this weekend, Heineke's not going to have the magic to get it done. I, I, I just don't believe so. He does not have you know, the arm strength to throw the deep ball over and over again. Even the game-winning pass to Terry McLaurin was underthrown. underthrown. And then you could you could say, hey, he underthrew it on purpose because he wanted it to be a jump ball situation where Taylor uh, Terry McLaurin could make a play on it. Yeah, you know, I, I could believe that. But I also could believe that if that was Aaron Rodgers, he would have led him to the back of the end zone and it wouldn't have even been a contested catch. Taylor Heineke also needs to find a way to get more rushing yards. 
I'm going to put part of the blame on that on Scott Turner and Ron Rivera. I mean, you have a guy here that can clearly do what a lot of NFL running back, uh, quarterbacks do right now, which is when it's third and two, just scramble around the outside and pick up the first down. If you get him, if you get him rollouts, if you get him plays where you're moving the pocket, that's where he succeeds. He's not going to be successful st- standing in the pocket for most of the game. You have to find a way to put, pick up the dirty yards, right, the tough yards. The, hey, Taylor's got nothing open, but he's going to run up the middle for four yards and dive forward for the first down and put his body on the line. My favorite thing about watching Taylor Heineke over Carson Wentz is I feel like when the pocket collapses, he's got a good chance to make something happen. Whereas for Carson Wentz, I saw the pocket collapse and I saw him either stand still like a statue and get pounded or just collapse and just fall down and just concede. Taylor is playing every single snap like it's his last. And you saw Terry McLaurin say that after a game. And that's why not only does the offense support him, but the defense. And Chase Young goes nuts from Heineke, Heineke. I mean, the guys love him. They want to play for this guy. And so it's going to be a good game this Sunday if Taylor Heineke gets help, right? He's not going to win this game on his own if he gets help. When I say Taylor Heineke getting help, you know, that means, hey, he throws a screen pass to Curtis Samuel and he takes it 60 yards, right? That's him getting help. Or he throws across the middle to Logan Thomas and he stiff arms a guy and goes forward for another 20 yards. The yards after catch. The yards after catch. The yak, yak, yak needs to be impressive when you have Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Does he give you a chance to win? Yes, he does most of the time. But he can also lose you the game with the way he played last week in the second and third quarter. And so he needs his teammates to step up. He needs his playmakers to make plays. But that's why I like Taylor Heineke, because he will get the ball out of his hands quick into their hands and say, hey, even though it's third and ten, I'll throw a three-yard pass to Curtis Samuel. See if you can make a guy miss, make a man miss, and get the first down. Can he do that this weekend against the Minnesota Vikings, who do have a strong defense? Their defense is not as good as the Indianapolis Colts, though. And I think we're going to see that. We're going to see this offense look a lot better in the second and third quarter this weekend because we're not going to have a pass rush that's as intense as the Indianapolis Colts is and the linebacker crew that they have there that was able to slow down Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. Even though they had a good game, I keep watching the highlights and both of them had two or three runs that they could have exploded for 20 to 30-yard carries and they both got shoestring tackled. And I think a lot of that deserves to... you deserve you got to give some credit to the Indianapolis Colts and their linebackers. But part of that is they just don't really have that breakaway speed, that breakaway play uh, that Saquon Barkley has, that Jonathan Taylor has had in the past, and so many running backs around the league. Phone lines are open, 1-800-636-1067. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. You can tweet me throughout the show at AWOD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. Shout out to Joe for tweeting me today. I appreciate you listening. Mo is joining the AWOD Army here on a Saturday morning. And Mo did tweet me. He didn't realize I'm on in Richmond. Yes, you can listen to me on 910 The Fan in Richmond or via the Odyssey app Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. And one of my go-to guests on my show in Richmond, he knows I'm always blowing up his phone. And that's because he's my guy, my favorite guy on the beat, NBC Sports Washington's Ethan Cadeau. What's going on, Ethan? What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. So let's start right here with this, all right? What type of quarterback would you say Kirk Cousins is 
And what does he do that makes it difficult for defenses? He is a statistical star. If you look at his pro football reference page every year, you're like, wow, you'd think he'd be one of the top QBs in the league year in, year out. But we know how he is in prime time when the lights come on, big games. Obviously, this isn't a prime time game tomorrow. They're playing at one. But he's just that guy who's he's like a little bit than average. He's the new Andy Dalton line, but a little bit better. Like if you're better than Kirk, you're probably a proven franchise guy. And if you're worse than Kirk, it's probably – we might need to find a new guy. So he's kind of stuck in the middle of the quarterback power rankings, in my opinion, but he is capable of lighting up any team at any given time. Is it crazy to say that your explanation of him kind of reminds me of what Phillip Rivers was like with the Chargers, where he can burn you every single game, but he also could have a, a couple stinkers? 100%. And the only difference is Phillip Rivers had LaDainian Tomlinson and Antonio Gates on his team for what? A decade, so they came a little bit closer to winning, winning some meaningful games than Kirk. I think Kirk only has what one playoff win in his career, so it's he's he's made a lot of money for someone who's not won a lot of games. Joined on the hotline by Ethan Cadeau from NBC Sports Washington, and the Vikings only lost this season, a defeat to the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. They were beat up in the first half. I believe they trailed twenty-four nothing. All right, and and Philly cruised a victory in the second half. And I think Washington needs to follow that game plan to a T. An early lead limits the amount of carries Calvin Cook can get and puts the pressure on Kirk to deliver. What do you think, Ethan? Yes, but I also think Justin Jefferson might break the single-game receiving yards record tomorrow. I'm very nervous for the commander's corners, especially Rashad Wild Goose, who lines up primarily in the slot. That's where Justin Jefferson lines up most of the time. So I think even if the commanders were to control time of football and get up early. The Vikings can't be counted out simply because Justin Jefferson, he's the best receiver in the league, in my opinion. And if he gets going tomorrow, I'm telling everyone to hammer his over 87 and a half yards prop. I think that's going to hit in the first half, honestly. So I'm very nervous to see what he's going to do. Yeah, I'm interested. You mentioned him. Rashad Wild Goose. Everyone loves that name. The Wild Goose is loose. But what's your breakdown of him? I mean, how good is he? They liked him, obviously, more than William Jackson III. Give me your breakdown of Rashad Wild Goose. So he came over to the team the day after final roster cuts. They put in the claim for him. He's a young guy. He He's performed decent when he's played. I think the secondary as a whole has been playing a lot better the past few weeks as well, which definitely helps. But, yeah, he's a physical guy. He can. I hope he's going to be able to press Jefferson a little bit off and slow the releases down. But, I mean, he's no nowhere capable of being able to completely shut him down. So I, I still think it's going to be a tough – it could be his, like, welcome to NFL moment this Sunday if he's tasked with shadowing Justin Jefferson. Oof, hopefully we can put some safety help on top of that, and that way you limit the amount of touches he can get. Joined by Ethan Cadeau. You can follow Ethan on Twitter, Ethan underscore Cadeau, covering the Commanders for NBC Sports Washington. All right, injury news, Ethan. McKissick. Definitely, definitely think he's going to be missed this weekend. Uh, even when he doesn't play much, he just you know he's a change of pace guy. He's a scat back, and I think he's going to be missed. Jahan Dotson out. Damn, damn, damn! I wanted him back this weekend. I hope he's back soon. Who is in and who is out officially this Sunday? Yeah, so Dotson's out again, which stinks. Uh, <clears throat> they're dealing with a lot of questionable players, I believe. Sam Cosme still, he's not on the injury report, but he's still dealing with that hand, and he's 
there's talk of maybe playing him at guard when he comes back because Cornelius Lucas has played a lot at right tackle and played well. But that's one I'm keeping an eye on. And then Sadiq Charles as well, if Trey Turner is going to have to go back in and step in at right guard, that's another hole I'm looking at. But like you said, the Jahan Dotson loss is big. This is his fifth straight game. He's missed with a hamstring injury. You hate to have like speedy guys like that deal with soft tissue injuries. They seem to never recover. I mean, we're looking at Keaton Allen. He's still on, he's going on like what week eight of recovering from a hamstring. So I hope Dotson's back soon because they really need him, especially in the red zone. I'm Adam Epstein. This is a wide radio here on DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan, joined by Ethan Cadeau. All right, let's talk Taylor Heineke. Much to be said about the Heineke magic, right? He can win a game in the fourth quarter. He's now done this two weeks in a row. But he can also lose you a lead and lose you a game if he plays like he did in the second and third quarter last week. What is your game plan, Ethan, for Taylor Heineke to be successful this weekend? they got to keep him on the move. I want to use a lot more play action, rollouts, get him in a rhythm early, get him complete some screens, some easy passes. And I think when he's rolling and confident, that's when he's at his best. And also, they need to switch up the tempo a lot more than they have in, years, or in games past. Heineke said it himself, he's most comfortable in the no-huddle, hurry-spread offense because that's what he ran at Old Dominion. And when they ran the two-minute offense last week, it was their best drive of the game. So if they struggle to start the game, I would hope maybe the third or fourth possession, they speed things up, they go no-huddle, prevent the Vikings from making defensive substitutions, and kind of just beat them with pace. I know that kind of goes against what Washington wants to do with running the ball and controlling the clock. But if you want your quarterback to be successful, you got to put him in positions to succeed. And I don't know if Scott Turner's done that entirely for any game this year, but especially the last two games, I think a lot of the lulls they've had has been due to a lack of creativity play calling. So I'm hoping they can kind of spice things up a little bit, keep the Vikings defense on their toes, and kind of just let Heineke use his legs. That's probably his best trait, in my opinion. So just getting him out of the pocket, rolling, completing some easy passes would be my plan of action. Yeah, and obviously feed McLaurin, feed him as much as you can, but can we get the tight end involved? Can Curtis Samuel be a good third down threat? Who else do we have on this roster do you think that can beat the Vikings? Curtis Samuel, definitely. They're leaning on him a lot at the beginning of the year. He and Wentz seem to have a really good connection, but ever since he's gone down. But Curtis made that really big third down catch last week. I think especially with Dotson not playing again, he's going to have to play a big role. I've been disappointed with the tight ends. I know they've all been dealing with injuries all the way back to training camp, but Logan Thomas has been in and out of the lineup, hasn't really been a factor when he's been in the lineup. John Bates, no one's really concerned about him as a pass catcher. I've actually been a little bit impressed with Amani Rogers when he's had the chance. So I don't know if any of those guys are going to have a substantial role tomorrow, but I think Heineke's got to lean heavy on Terry, obviously, heavy on Curtis Samuel, and heavy on Antonio Gibson. I've been telling people I think they need to use him even more as a pass catcher in space. They've upped his usage in that rate a lot, but he's still probably the most dynamic player on this offense with the ball in his hands, so I want as much AG as possible tomorrow. The 4-1 and one Washington Commanders. You know, a few weeks ago when this team was 1-4, and four, we didn't think 4-4 four and four was absolute, actually possible. And the 6-1 and one Minnesota Vikings, I didn't think that that record was possible for them this season either. And Kevin O'Connell deserves a ton of credit. The team is 6-1. and one. Do you think in the back of his head he's thinking, I want revenge on Ron Rivera for letting me go and bringing in Scott Turner? Or is he just focused on victory this Sunday? Why do you think he's had so much success with Minnesota this season? 
I don't think he's worried about revenge. Yes, he didn't stick around when Ron got here, but then he got to go work for his old buddy Sean McVay, which ended up getting him this Vikings head coach job, and he's succeeding, obviously. I think part of the reason why Minnesota needed a fresh face in there. Mike Zimmer had been there for a while. didn't seem like he had the best relationship with the players, but that roster's had talent up and down the roster every single year, and they just haven't been able to maximize it. You get a new young head coach in, running a different but similar offense that Kirk's played in. He obviously coached with Kirk in Washington, so they've known each other well. And then you just look at the skilled players they have on offense, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, just traded for TJ Hawkinson, but also on defense, Darius Smith was a big get. Patrick Peterson's having a prime Patrick Peterson-esque type year. So everything's kind of clicking for them. I don't think they've really proven that they're one of the – I mean, their record, obviously, they're one of the NFC's best, but – who have they beaten? That's really, really good. I'm still, I still think the jury's out on them. But I mean, you can only play who's on your schedule, right? I do think the Commanders keep this game close, though. Yeah, no, I'm with you. All right, let's get an official prediction here on AWOD Radio from Ethan Cadeau of NBC Sports Washington. Can Washington take a lead? I think that's going to be important. That way, you could stop Dalvin Cook from getting 25 to 30 carries. Can Tress Way, Special Teams Player of the Month, continue his marvelous special teams play? and pin the Vikings deep whenever he gets the opportunity inside their own 10. And if it's a one-score game in the fourth, get the ball into Taylor Heineke's hands and get Terry McLaurin a one-on-one matchup. What's your official prediction for the final score of this game, Ethan? You know what? Let's have some fun. I'm going to go Commanders 27, Vikings 24, upset city. And what happens at the end of the game there? Is it a defensive stop or is it a Taylor Heineke uh, fourth-quarter magic again? Oh, you know the answer there. That's number four magic right there. (laughs) Looking forward to this game Sunday. Ethan, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan. I got too many of these things memorized. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on... DC Sports Radio 1067, the fan. Phone lines are always open throughout the show. I want to make it as interactive as possible. You know, I am a diehard fan of all things DC sports fans. So it's not like you're going to get, you know, you know the journalistic uh, approach here. It's going to be opinionated and strong opinions, usually supporting the home team. I'm a homer. And so I want to talk to the fans right here on 1067, the fan. 1 800 636 1067. 1 800 636-1067. Give us a call. Caitlin will throw you on hold, and you can join the AWOD Army. I saw this story on the Monday morning quarterback, and I want to give it a shout-out. Even in death, one Washington Commanders fan made his distaste for team owner Dan Snyder known. His name, Jimmy James Dar Jr. of Graysonville, Maryland, was born December 4th, 1954, in Washington, D.C. Died in Graysonville, Maryland, October 11th, 2022. Just less than a month ago when he was 67 years old. And in his, uh, in his death, he wrote in his obituary, he had them write, it was, he was a lifelong fan of all things related to D.C. sports, with the exception of Daniel Snyder, <laughs> who he often referred to by names and in terms which cannot be printed here. Along with the health and happiness of his family and friends, he wished for nothing more than Snyder to sell the Washington Commanders. And with the news this week from Forbes that Snyder has hired Bank of America, 
it does feel like we are inching closer to the day we have all dreamed of, the day Dan Snyder sells this franchise. David Aldridge had a really good article in The Athletic this week saying Snyders are exploring selling the Commanders. A city dreams again. And Nikki Javhala had an interesting article as well this morning from the Washington Post, and her headline was, Daniel Snyder is trapped, and Washington fans can dare to dream. And I, that's exactly how I felt this morning when I woke up. I mean, I really do feel like... I asked you guys earlier, how many wins would you trade for Snyder to sell the team? I would be okay with losing the rest of the season if it means that starting next year, we have a new owner. Maybe a new name as well, and my dad can start going to the games for the teams that we've been supporting my entire life. 1-800-636-1067. Let's go to Eric in Fairfax. Eric, you're on the fan. Yeah, hi. How you doing? I'm um, doing good. And uh, I wanted to talk uh, about Dan Snyder, what he's done to the fans. And if you remember it, when he first bought the team, he started charging parking for fans to go to practices. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. It's $10 for parking and $10 admission. Back in July of twenty twenty, July of two thousand, and then um, the other thing is that I wanted to mention: um, the year before he bought the team, I bought expensive Loge season tickets. L O G E. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it was about halfway up behind huge um, glass windows that could move out when there was nice weather. Very nice seats. There were three rows of seats. And we had our own concourse with wait staff and concessions. And if you walked around, you could see the entire field so you wouldn't lose any action. It was great. So that I had that for the first. And it's a five-year commitment. You had to uh, agree to a five-year contract. Well, first year was great. Then Dan Snyder buys it. Yeah. And the next season I sit down and all of a sudden the seat's not comfortable. Well, what he did was he narrowed every seat by an inch or two to squeeze in another one. And, um, I was upset and I checked the, uh, and called them and the fine print said that they could change it. Um, so anyway, it got even worse. So then what he did the second year that he owned it, he put in these huge stadium-like seatings behind those three rows, holding five rows of seats. They were enormous. They were like six, seven feet tall. Now you could no longer walk around and see the field. And, um, and then there were so many people, it was hard to use the concessions. Wait staff was stretched thin. Yeah. So he, you know, he did everything he could to milk money out of it to the detriment of the fans. That's why... I really dislike him. Let me ask you this, Eric. Do you go to games anymore? Would you start paying money to this football franchise again if there was a new owner? Yeah, I might, but um, probably like a lot of people, since I'm older, I'm about the age of, of the guy you mentioned. Um, it, it's, a, it's a hassle getting to the field several hours before. It's an all-day affair, so I prefer to watch it at home. But I would, I would buy jerseys. I would support the team wholeheartedly. I, I grew up here since 1966. We moved here, and you know, and I've been a Redskins fan ever since. Yeah, I love that. Is there a name right now that you like uh, involved in in the new ownership? Like I would support Jeff Bezos. 
Oh, basically anybody. <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah, yeah, good point. The, the the you know with the most money like Bezos, he could do a lot to improve it that maybe other owners wouldn't. So uh, yeah, but whoever can do it, it's time for Hit Snyder to move on. Eric, I appreciate the fo- the phone call, man. Thanks so much. Welcome to the AWOD Army. If you want to chime in right now, one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. That's one eight hundred six three six. 1067. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. And my guy Eric right there was just mentioning a few things that Dan Snyder did wrong right when he started taking over ownership in 1999 and then 2000, making fans pay to come to uh, practice or training camp in Ashburn. In 2000, he fires, fires North Turner. January of 2001, uh, replaces Turner with Marty Schottenheimer. And then January 2002 fires Marty Schottenheimer after just one season, even though the team went eight and three after an zero and five start. Uh, the next up, it's like, oh man, you're going to fire Schottenheimer. Well, at least you're going to bring in a competent head coach here with some NFL experience. No, he brings in the old ball coach Steve Spurrier, and that thing. I mean, the franchise just went into uh, into the dirt after that. Um, then in 2004, he decides, all right, I'm going to bring back three-time Super Bowl champion Joe Gibbs and just. Ruin his legacy here in Washington, and that's exactly what happened when Gibbs did return. Even though they did have, uh, you know, some success in the regular season and make the playoffs, uh, I just think it ruined the legacy that Coach Gibbs had had here with three Super Bowls and three different quarterbacks. Um, and he decided to retire probably after the death of Sean Taylor and the loss in a playoff game to the Seattle Seahawks after Dan Snyder. After Dan Snyder. And Joe Gibbs and their relationship, you think, all right, he's going to have to get it right with the next coach, right? He's going to bring in a guy with a lot of experience coming off of a guy like Joe Gibbs who had a little bit of success. No, he brings in a coach who had no experience at all. The rah-rah guy himself, hip-hip hooray for Jim Zorn, (laughs) who uh, was the fourth coach in Snyder's tenure of only eight seasons there. And, you know, he delivered good offense, but the team was only eight and eight in Zorn's first year there, and then it got even worse in his second year. Uh, continuing through the list of mistakes Dan Snyder has made, and nothing might be worse than February 27, 2009, when Snyder gave free agent defensive tackle Fat Albert, Albert Hainsworth, a seven-year, $100 million deal. Hainsworth made maybe two impactful plays, um, but I think most of the fan base remembers the game. I believe it was against the Titans. I'm not sure. Maybe it was a different game where Albert Hainsworth laid on the field, laid on the field in the middle of a play, meaning he was going after the quarterback, kind of got tackled or, you know, blocked to the ground. And as, you know what, it might have been the Eagles game because I think Mike Vick was like scrambling in the backfield there as fans watched Albert Hainsworth not even attempt to get up just looking like the fattest man on the field and he stole a hundred million dollars from Dan Snyder I'm just going through all the reasons Dan Snyder should be removed from ownership and there's I haven't even talked about the off the field issues all of the off the field issues speak for themselves the lawsuits against him the toxic workplace the issue with the cheerleaders but the reason the number one reason why he should be removed and be forced to sell this football team is due to on-field failures. He's ruined the greatest franchise in the history of the NFL. Just ruined them completely. Three Super Bowls, two NFL championships, 
A handful of Hall of Famers. Daniel Snyder bought the team in 1999, and it has not been the same since. Two playoff performances. Two. Would you be on board for another game name change? I want to put it out to the phone line right now. 1-800-636-1067. Or are you okay with sticking with Commanders for the rest of time? You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 1-800-636-1067. I'm just listing off all the things that I think Dan Snyder did wrong as owner of the Commanders. Or back then it was the Skins and then the Washington football team. And after Jim Zorn, it was Mike Shanahan. All right? And he gave Shanahan all the power in the world. And at that point, I was like, all right. I think this could work out with Shanahan because he was so successful with Denver. And we had heard so much good stuff about his son coming in as the offense coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, well, Snyder got too involved. Absolutely should not have made an intra-division trade with the Philadelphia Eagles for quarterback Donovan McNabb. And then Snyder gives McNabb an incentive-based five-year contract extension. Less than a month after the extension, the Shanahans benched McNabb. Uh, just so many mistakes after mistake after mistake. Uh, 2013, he fires Shanahan and goes with Jay Gruden. Then you had the whole thing with bringing in Scott McLuhan and giving him all the power. And then March 9, 2017, fires Scott McLuhan. Then you bring in Brian LaFamina. He's going to fix the football side of things and the season tickets. Then fires Brian LaFamina. Then Gruden. Then replaces Gruden with, with Ron Rivera. I mean, mistake after mistake after mistake and he has just ruined this franchise that I love so much. What do you think of Dan Snyder? 1-800-636-1067. Let's go to Andre in Manassas. Andre, you're on the fan with Adam Epstein. Yo, Andre, what's again. up? It's been a long time. Good to hear your voice again. It's been a long time, man. Yeah, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Dan Snyder, you know, I, I, I went like a news reporter to go back in time and give us a debrief in, in terms of why it is and good for these owners they you know everyone's like you know they pushed him out of the league but you know half of these guys perhaps more than half were the ones who were there who voted him in in the first place yeah i mean it's been clear i i know for a fact i, I take that back I, i'm certain he's going to sell the team for the same reason he's made all these dumb mistakes and these just dumb management decisions this man has been leveraged for cash from day one i mean it's very clear like him and i think maybe the chicago cubs are the only owners where all they have is the team they have no other source of revenue or source of income. Right. That's all Dan Snyder had. He had to and sell his communication country, uh, communications company to even afford the commanders. Correct. So I, I honestly don't understand, you know, looking back 25 years ago, why the owners in the first place voted in him. Because, yeah, he may have had cash, but he didn't have anything else. And, again, you know, taking out in more chairs, you know, trying to get all these, off, you know, what they say, offense sells tickets. He's always been trying to make money, charging the fans to park. He's always been trying to make money. So that's the reason I think he's going to sell the team. He's cash-strapped now. He needs the money, so he has to make the decision to sell the team to make the money. Having said that, in terms of the name change, and God forbid, you know, I know we talked about this for the last, like, two years, it seems like, and we're going to, it looks like we're going to talk about it again. Because I think the new owner, whoever it is, as long as they're American, they're going to change the name. I mean, Commanders fans, you know, we're upset about the name, but I haven't met one non you know, sports fan who, you know, who's not a command. Someone from Philadelphia, Chicago, every, everybody laughs at the name. No one right. 
You know, you could be in Seattle. They think it's the name of the joke. So any owner who's an American, they watch football. They they know about the Redskins. They know about the name. They know they don't have to be a Washingtonian. They know about it because the team was so great. They're going to change the name immediately because I think every American thinks the commander's name is a joke. Yeah, no, totally agree. And here's what I'll say is I think that the other owners let Dan Snyder be the owner because he had no football experience. He had no clue what he was doing or what he was getting into. He was just a fan, just a fan of the franchise, and they knew that they could beat him. 1-800-636-1067. Thanks for the call, Andre. Let's go to Mark and Landover. Mark, you're on the fan. Top of the day to you, Awad. Good to hear your voice on the airways, buddy. I appreciate it, man. What do you think of Dan Snyder selling the team? I think, like I told the rooster and Pete the other day, it's one of the best things to happen to the area since 1999. You pretty much covered that, buddy. But I think what people need to remember is this guy is a good example, and there was another owner like him that owned the Washington team a while back. His name was Bob Short. And they are fine examples of what you've been talking about, Adam. And it's called unfettered greed. A really, really bad thing. How long do you think it'll take the fan base to support a new owner and make FedEx Field a good place, to, a good environment again? Adam, I think it can happen immediately as, as soon as they pull up their stakes and Hit the road, Jack, like my man Ray Charles used to sing, because that's what people want. Because, Adam, what you've been talking about, and great show today, today, by the way, too, is you're hitting the nail on the head. He's one of those people that has people around giving him intelligent advice, and he just will not listen under any circumstances because his guiding light is unfettered greed. Remember that, Adam. People need to remember this. And Bob Short did the same thing. Look what he did to the Senators. Look at how long it took us to get the baseball team back. And it was because of people being using malfeasance. That's the term. And it's really terrible. And it goes on in all parts of life. But this is a good example for people not to follow him. I appreciate the call, Mark. Good stuff there. Always appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Gary in Maryland. Gary, you're on the fan with Adam Epstein. It's Gary, but what's up, Awad? Oh, what's up, man? So I want to talk about the name change, but first, much like the previous callers, I absolutely refuse to buy memorabilia while Dan Snyder is is the owner of the team. I'll I'll watch. I give him my attention dollars on TV. I go to the games and watch. I was there when we beat the Bucks. Tom Brady, it was absolutely incredible. I was shirtless in the cold, having a great time. But until somebody else comes in, I won't spend any more dollars than I have to. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. And I think I think there's like there's a giant population in the area that is just waiting to buy new gear. And even if it's Commanders or if it's a new name or a different name, as soon as Dan Snyder is not the one receiving the money and getting and filling his wallet with your cash. I think people are going to start buying more merchandise. Very quickly. And I'm, I'm hopeful that somebody like Jeff Bezos buying the team that has the money to do it would change the name, you know, let us have the name that we all wanted, the Red Wolves. I appreciate the call, man. I, I would be cool with Red Wolves. I'd be cool with Wolves. I'd be cool with, cool with Hogs. Uh, I'd be cool with Red Tails. I mean, there's there's just no name that's worse than Commanders. I'd be okay with Guardians. <laughs> it's got, That's how bad it is. All right, let's go to my girl Sabah, North Carolina. Sabah, we only have about 60 seconds here, but I wanted to get you on the show. 
That's all you give me, 60 seconds. All right, A.Y. Griffey here. Well, my goal, as far as the owner is, and I told this to Kristen and Pete as well, I want a guy so wealthy that the team is a hobby for him. Okay? So that'd be like a Bezos, a Musk, something like that, where $8 billion is loose change. Okay? And that way, they don't nickel and dime the fans like Snyder did. They, it's, it's just a hobby. And they, they, they cater to the fans. Whatever you want, yeah, you take it because I don't really need it. He's going to make tons of money anyway. But this can't be where all his money is in on the Redskins. And I want the name to change to Redskins. Back to where it was to let Dan get Dan pissed off even more that he changed the name, still lost the team, and now the name is Redskins again. And if I quickly about the game, I see yeah. we got to score 28 at least to win. You got to let Taylor tango. Let him tango. So let him move around. Let him throw the ball. Don't keep running just to run. Okay? 28-23. Redskins. That's my take, buddy. Love you. Thank you. Thanks for calling. I love your support. How about that? Let Taylor tango. Let him move around and make some plays. I'm Adam Epstein. This has been AWOD Radio. I appreciate everybody's support calling the show today. You can always tweet me uh, during the week at AWOD Radio, and you can listen to me on the Odyssey app, 910 The Fan, Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. See you guys next Saturday. Caitlin, great job producing the show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.